Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Uh, welcome to the Fight Night podcast. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure to be in your company. We've got an action-packed show lined up for you. The guest list is as long as my arm. But we're going to start with a bit of conversation in the heavyweight division because you'll have seen press conferences galore all over the place over the last seven days, one of which was for Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. Yes. Hmm. Uh, here's me and Gareth waxing lyrical about that particular fight. Listen, since we were in here last, Dad, yep. we have had... Three massive heavyweight fights announced. We, we they were obviously being itched, but that scratch. Define massive. Um, the whole of the heavyweight division is on the move, basically. Um, it massive because traction's huge, disagreements out there, yep. fans are, are disgruntled about some things. We're having massive debates behind the scenes. Um, big players are in play. Um, Tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of US dollars are being made available for the top four, five, six, seven heavyweights in the world. And I'm talking about heavyweights. So, say, heavyweight show tonight, a lot of narrative. The narrative arc is the heavyweight division. It's been a slumbering division for five, six months. The teases have been on and off. Um, Fury and Joshua, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, let's use their full names. Um, Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury. Um, Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz. But we now have Anthony Joshua against Dillian White on August the 12th. We have Daniel Dubois trying to win three of the world title ba- belts against Alexander Usyk on August the 26th in Poland. Yep. We have um, Joe Joyce and uh, Gilles Zhang going at it for a second time on September the 23rd, I want to say. That's correct. And then, in Saudi Arabia, the big talking point, the one that will... <laughs> the one that is a very thorny rose right now is Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou, the former UFC heavyweight champion, against the current WBC heavyweight champion, but not for the WBC or UFC belts, just for a fight between two guys from two different codes. Mm. Um, listen, I want I'm looking forward to them all, by the way. I want your thoughts. I'll come to all that in a minute. We, uh, I want your thoughts this evening on the show. 03717 222 You know where we're at on social media. 
Uh, if you are consuming the show live, great. Uh, if you are consuming it on delay, um, even better. Um, you can obviously join in with some of the topics that have already then taken place. Uh, and if you're consuming it via our YouTube channel, um, everything's up there for you to go and get stuck into. All right, like I said, the guest list is absolutely ram jam full. We'll start with the, with I suppose the biggest news, and the, and it is the biggest news, even though I don't class it as a fight. It is the biggest news. Tyson Fury is going to be fighting uh, Francis Ngannou. It comes of no surprise, I don't think, to the majority of people that have been keeping across everything that's been going on um, in the fight sports realm, I suppose, over the last uh, 12 months. You've just said there that you're excited for it. Tell me why you're excited for it. Because it's something a bit different. Um, I'm. If it was just that fight announced with none of the other fights announced, I'm looking at the whole block, if you like. Why? Because I'm looking at the whole block of... Because nothing was moving in the heavyweight division up until about a week and a half ago. Right. And now we've got all these heavyweight fights. Um, I would like... I'll tell you, ideally, I would like to have seen Tyson Fury defend against Andy Ruiz. Um, but we'll, would you not want to see Usyk? Oh, yeah, I'd love to see the undisputed title fight. But I'm not in control of that. And, not and, all of us are, but we've got an opinion no, on it, haven't no, we? No, we have got an opinion on it, but... My opinion is those that there's a big board game going on out there right now, and the the board game is being dictated in some ways by Middle Eastern money, and and in other ways by the flexing of um, promotional muscle to say no, no, we're the A side, we'll create our own narrative arc, and. It's been fascinating. The, 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 the one thing that's fascinating about boxing, because there are different sanctioning bodies, because there are different promoters, and because there are different broadcasters, and because it's a business as much as a sport... Well, it's you, only a business. It is only a business, but it's a sport as well. well it's not, this is not a sporting contest. Francis no, Ngannou no, I mean and Tyson Fury I mean is not a sporting sport. contest. Well, it, it's, no, it's, it's a prize fight. It's not a fight. It's, it's, it's an event. I'll give you an event. People, it's a prize fight. It's not a prize fight, mate. Come on. Is Francis Ngannou a fighter? He's an MMA fighter, yeah. He's a fighter. Is Tyson Fury a fighter? He's a boxer. Okay. It's a prize fight. There's money on the line for two guys to stand at an event and they'll both get paid. But we know the result. Well, I mean, I think it's overwhelming. If Tyson Fury doesn't win that, he's in trouble. And he's got to win a rematch. <sighs> Listen, this is like saying... The best way... And listen, Frank's going to be on the show later on, as is Todd DeBuff, and I'll put this to them, right? Manchester City are the best football team in the world, okay? The All Blacks are the best rugby team in the world. They both play with a ball. They both mm -hmm. run on a pitch. They both play with a ball. If Manchester City were to play the All Blacks at football, who would win? Uh, clearly Man City. Okay. And if they played the other way around, clearly the All Blacks. Okay. All right. But we had okay. it years ago when we Bath had, but... and Wigan, I think it was, played, I think it was Bath and Wigan, played each other at Rugby League and Rugby Union. And clearly the the guys who, who play in that code win that code. But And that's what's going to happen here. It is going to happen here. But Francis Ngannou could have stayed in the UFC... He 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 left the UFC as the the incumbent heavyweight champion, didn't he? Right. He left for a reason. He was unhappy with his lot, and and you know the UFC is a brilliant um, global corporate company now that's aligned with the WWE. It's it's grown exponentially. Look, I've been around it for 
I want to say, 18 years, okay? It's an extraordinary entity. Um, it's a business as much as a sport. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's done brilliantly well to... It's, 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 it's exponentially... It's the biggest growing sport I've ever witnessed in, in, in my career in, in fight sports. And as you know, yeah. I've written about it for The Telegraph. I've broadcast on Talk Sports about it. I've been involved in TV from ESPN to BT Sports, doing the first shows on it. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's a phenomenal sport. It's also, its algorithms and its patterns are different to boxing. Of course. It's easier to put the best in with the best. Of course. Very quickly. So... In, in modern parlance, in modern ways, the, 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 the young people that follow the sport now see fights being made very quickly, and I applaud that. It doesn't happen in boxing no. that way. It's never happened that way. No. It could happen that way if the promoters came together, the broadcasters came together. But they're not going to. They've got but they're not going to. They only do own... when there's massive money. Yeah, but they're all made. serving their own purpose, so yeah. therefore they've all got their yeah. own agendas. Yeah. So this is a step... This is the Tyson Fury show going on in Saudi Arabia with the Saudi Arabian government now, Riyadh season, not with an organisational group, as in Skills Challenge. It's a rival to what Eddie Hearn's doing with Anthony Joshua uh, over there with the, Dillian, with the Deontay Wilder fight. Um, and I know we'll come to that in the next section because I've got great things to say about Anthony Joshua tonight as well. Um, this is a sideshow to the big event. Is it this embarrassing? No, there's nothing embarrassing about it. Why not? I'm, I'm, well, I'm not embarrassed about it. Okay. I don't think the, the, the people promoting it aren't embarrassed about it. No, because they're making it. a lot of cash. But, the, but the, the, the Riyadh season want to open their season with it. It's in its fourth year. As we know, because we've been over there, there are um, some media calls... Um, Amnesty International say, look, look at the things that are going on in Saudi Arabia. This is sports washing. But as we know as well, there's another side to it, which is the liberals in Saudi Arabia want to put these sports events on. They want to change their society. They're looking to change the image of the, of the country is what yeah, they're looking and, to do. And, but also looking to change the way people can live their lives for a younger audience who are more westernised and to do different things outside the remit of, you know... Islamicization, you know. So you have to understand all those things culturally. I I was very much in the in the frame at the beginning that Joshua and, and Yusik shouldn't have been fighting in Saudi Arabia. But having been over there with you and yep. with our team and speaking to the people that are doing it there, they they are the liberals. They want to bring change. Um, and I understand that. So I get why they want these events over yeah, there because they well, do I'm have talking a about the, I'm talking about the event specifically. I'm talking about the heavyweight champion of the world fighting a guy that has never had a boxing match. Is that embarrassing for the sport? Um, if you want to see it as embarrassing, then it is embarrassing for the sport. It's, I think it's a sideshow on the way to what will be the clash of the Titans next year when Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk eventually fight. But what I'm saying is... But we've is, been promised that for three years now. We've been yeah, promised but, undisputed fights for three years. But, it, but, but when... Yes, I know. That, that, that is why... That is why... Um, not just the undisputed fight, but we've been promised t specifically... Tyson Fury and yep. Anthony Joshua, yep. Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. Yep. Those are the those are the two fights, in my view, that need to happen in this era of heavyweight. They should boxing. have already happened. They should have already happened. So should Errol Spence and Terence Crawford that we've waited three and a half years for, and they're in the same sport. But, and they have and can rival I just say, promoters. On that, on that, 
Why is that happening? We waited five years. But, I covered it inside out yeah, from Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather but, against Manny Pacquiao. Wait, we waited oh, five you've just years. Gone specific. You've just gone specific on Spence and Crawford. Why is that fight happening? That fight is happening because two fighters ignored their teams. They got on the phones to each other. They, they thrashed it out. One of those fighters left his promoter because of the relationship that the promoter has with the other promoter yeah, yeah. in order to become a free agent yeah. to make the fight happen. It yeah. comes down to the fighters. It does. End I agree. Of, it comes down to the fighters at the end of it. Yeah. If the fighters don't want to fight, you're not going to get a fight. Yeah, I think the fighters always want to fight. I think Anthony Joshua... I don't Joshua, think they do. I th I think they do. I think... and Well, actually, there have been instances in the time I've been covering where, where Ricky Hatton didn't want to fight Junior Witter, didn't want to give him a payday. Um, I don't think that there, there could be an element with with Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury that one doesn't want to give the other a payday. That's that's possible. That is possible. I do not think, for all the stuff we see on the surface, I am talking about social media and rants yeah, and fair, fair. greedy belly and Tyson Fury going off on a rant and unhappy with things, and that really is on the surface. Um. I do agree with you. If fighters want to make fights, they can make them. Yeah. Um, Terence Crawford, as you say, left top rank um, ignominiously in lots of ways and, and very unhappily to... And you have to congratulate Al Heyman, the PBC for um, Premier Boxing Champions, for getting the Spence-Crawford fight over the line. It's a fight I am... I, I think about five times a day at the moment and will do all the way to uh, whatever it is, July the 29th or 28th. Yeah. It's an amazing fight. It's so hard to pick a winner and there's so much jeopardy in it for both men. There isn't a lot of jeopardy in this fight. But what I would say is the this. Zero. Let's judge. Let's judge these guys. We all want it now. Let's judge all these heavyweights. And we'll talk about Anthony Joshua and Dillian White, I think, in the next section, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's judge all these heavyweights when they have finished. Let's judge them in two years' time. Let's judge them when and if they haven't fought each other. Because I'm telling you, Fury and Usyk will happen, and it wouldn't surprise me if it happens in the UK. How can Believe you guarantee it. that? I can't guarantee it. Exactly. So but what I, you've just said, it will but happen. But we're, we're not at the end of their careers right now. I get that. And I, I, what you're saying And there, I think Fury I and fully, Joshua will happen. I fully understand what I you're saying. White and and I, Wild, I think White I, and Wilder may happen. I agree by happen. judging things I, once things have happened, okay? But... We are in a dangerous position because boxing. We right, are not in a dangerous. position. We are in a very dangerous position with the audience. Now the reason oh, with why the audience maybe, now, well, now maybe. why I'm saying this is this: boxing's flying. We've just said Spence and Crawford, tremendous. In New Air, Fulton's coming up. Nobody's talking about these fights. Nobody's talking about these super fights where the very best of the best are fighting each other. We've got Paterbiev defending against Callum Smith coming up in, in August. We'll talk to Todd Booth about that later on. We've got some great fights to get really excited about between now and the end of the year in boxing. As you know, the mainstream, the casual audience out there are judging our sport with what goes on in the heavyweight division. And all they see at the moment is the heavyweight champion of the world talking a lot about certain things and then doing something completely contrary and taking us off to the circus. And that's how they are judging our sport. They're switching off. They are going to MMA. They are going to other sports and they are not paying for. Yeah, interest. but they'll come back for the big fights. They always do. It's peaks and troughs, Adam. I mean, that's my experience of it in, in three and a bit decades. It is peaks and troughs. It's the Wild West. It's ungovernable. It's it, it's not easy to... We don't have a world governing... If we had a world governing body that demanded these fights take place, they could do nothing about I it. I agree. 
Um, but here's my thing. I know people are unhappy at the moment. Our job, my, th- I think our job is to observe it, to give our opinions on it, yeah, whether we agree it. or not. But at the, at the same time, I do think that we're going to go through an era now where most of the big fights will end up in Saudi Arabia and the heavyweight division will play out in the next two and a half to three years. And at the end of that, yes, I want to see one fight I didn't mention there was Wilder Usyk. I want to see all these fights. And I think there's enough money because these guys have got to the point where they are earning eight-figure sums, all of them, for these fights. Top four, anyway. Top four, five. And that's what they're going to go for. You can't force them to fight. Most of them are sleeping in silk pyjamas already anyway. Uh, following on from that, we spoke to top-ranked president Todd Derbeuf. And we opened up by talking about Tyson Fury's next knock with Francis Ngarni. And I thought I was tuning in to talk about Wimbledon. What the hell? What's going on here? Uh, listen, we've got to start with Tyson Fury. Obviously, you guys, top rank, represent Tyson Fury stateside. What have you made of this this week with him fighting uh, MMA star Francis Ngannou? Yeah, I, th- you know, I think that, um, you know, together with Queensberry and Tyson, you know, with a lot of the machinations that were being played out over the last six and eight months, I said it just kind of came to be the right timing. Um, there weren't a lot of guys that, you know, people took different fights. You had people pricing themselves out. And the one thing we know is that Tyson wants to stay active and he wants to keep fighting. And Ngano had been talking smack about fighting Joshua. He'd been talking about fighting Wilder. I want to fight Fury. I want to fight anybody. And um, just things came together and we worked with, um, you know, the general entertainment authority um, to put this together for the launch of the Riyadh season. And, it was great to work with uh, Queensberry and Tyson's team and put everything together. So we're very excited about it. it. It feels like, from a boxing fan's point of view, that this was kind of always the plan, Todd. Like we, 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 we obviously saw Ungarnu uh, get in the ring at the end of the white fight at uh, in April of last year. And there's been a lot of talk, from Tyson in particular, and I was saying this on the show a little earlier on, that he's been promising us and pointing us in the direction of an undisputed fight. And I know that you just said there that there wasn't uptake from certain people and things were difficult and all this type of thing. We're talking about a guy that is making his professional boxing debut. Surely there was somebody in the top 10, top 15 of the WBC that Tyson Fury could be fighting and having a boxing match that many people might put jeopardy on. Well, I think there's two things that you overplayed here. One thing is, is this was a plan from the beginning. And we all know in boxing, there are no plans. So that's one thing we know we can never count on. So, you know, I, I'm not sure I totally 100% agree with the perspective. And, I th- and I'm, not, I'm not a defense attorney and I'm not going to defend because I think, you know, the athletes and all of us have to contribute and own what we, what we bring to the table. There genuinely was a need and a real de- desire from everybody. And you ask Frank Warren, who's coming on soon. Mm-hmm. You ask George Warren, you ask Tyson, you ask his advisors. We collectively wanted to make Usyk and Ager. Those were the two priorities without a set, without a question. I don't want anybody to mix in and say, oh, Ingano was always the, the, the priority. It wasn't. Um, so I don't know anything other than those were the the pecking order. And then after that, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of opportunities kind of played out. And 
we had to look at everything out there. And this one just happened to be available for the right timeline and everything. So what, why, I, why did Usyk and Edge not happen then? I, well, I think they, I mean, I think, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, I think the, the AJ one was, they really don't want to fight Tyson. We know that, right. We've asked, we've sent them offer, offer, offer. And I don't want to like start pointing fingers. Cause that's really like what goes on in this sport all the time. Mm-hmm. He's the blame. He's the blame. And I don't want to get in that. And at the end of the day, both of those camps didn't feel that the fight was right for them at this time. At well, the look, time it was to get Todd, but let, let's be that's, honest that's, about that's, this, that Saudi hmm. money changed, the Saudi Arabian money changed the timeline for everyone. And, and, and Adam and I have been having a very strong and vigorous debate tonight for the last two hours. My, my argument is this, and it kind of backs up in some ways. I might get pilloried over this, what, 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 what you're saying, which is let's judge all these guys in the end, on the timeline of their entire career, not at a snapshot in time right now. This is, for me, this is a, a one-off, an event, a sideshow, a, a, a fight between the MMA, the f- former UFC heavyweight champion, and the WBC heavyweight champion. I don't mean it's a bit of fun, because it's still a fight. There is some jeopardy for each other physically. It's not. In the no, no. Come but, on, it's not. No, there's still dangers. That, that, what's, no, what's the danger? Well, what's the danger for Tyson? Yeah. The danger is the guy lands a punch. Yeah, and but then, he's not going to do that. Tom, Tom, you, so, so, you've watched a lot of boxing. You know he's not going to land a punch. He's not going to do that. MMA striking and boxing sweet science are completely different things. Francis Ngannou is not going to land on on, on Tyson Fury. All right, so, so, but I want to get back to. Let's get back to. We can talk about that. That's a whole different question. So Gareth, get to what you were saying what about a, the Saudi no, money. So I want to go. No, 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 I want to kind of weed through all of this. Yeah. So um, I, I've might have slightly lost my train of thought there, but we. I want to, you to answer Adam's question as well because it is fascinating, and and it is going to be the debate all the way up to it. Can he land a punch? That is going to be the way. But that because of the chess game, the Game of Thrones that is going on. There is an end game for everyone. And my question to you is, with all this money happening, and, and you guys are based in Vegas. Well, you, I see you're in Colorado today because I know your, your room where you do um, your Zooms from. You're up in the mountains. But Vegas isn't the home of the biggest fight nights anymore. It's moving towards the Middle East. That's where the biggest money is. Even though this is happening right now, do you believe we're going to see Fury against Joshua and Fury against Usyk in this era? Because those are the key fights for your guy, uh, uh, Tyson Fury, in my view. Do you believe he will fight those two guys? I do. I really do. And I think it it should have happened. And I think we could talk about, you know, um, the, the Middle East um, revenue that they have been dangling around the category, not only boxing, but all of sports is something that we all have to take very seriously today. And I think to indict only boxing isn't fair, right? Messi almost ended up there. You have live golf in front of Senate hearings because the PGA and them are coming together in a union. You have rumors that they're going to get involved in tennis, the Middle East. So I think to look at it and just indict the sport or just to say this is what's happening isn't fair. We have seen since pre-COVID, 219 was where we really saw the rise of the Middle East wanting to bring big events to their region to host um, events. So I think 
it's a constant. It's going to be around for a while. Um, I think it's something all sports have to accept. But I do believe it has some complications to it where the athletes see this very over big flowy pot of gold mm -hmm. and it gives them apprehension to take other opportunities when they think this pot of gold could be there for them. And that does complicate it. But Agreed. I do believe absolutely, absolutely in a perfect world, Tyson should fight both of those. Stop. The end. Very he should fight point. both of them. They both should come to the table. We should both do it. It does. It shouldn't be tethered to some unrealistic revenue streams that aren't really, you know, sustainable over a long period of time. It could be in the UK if it was Wembley, if it was the States, if it was Madison Square Garden, if it was Saudi Arabia or anywhere. They should fight. The end. Um, on other fights that you've got going on, I, I've kind of alluded at the start of the conversation. Um, Tiafimo Lopez was unanaring as to whether he was or whether he wasn't going to retire. We've heard this week that he's going to he's going to stick around, which is great after the performance that he put in against Josh Taylor. Um, and there's noise uh, that a person that you've been working with quite closely in recent times, Devin Haney, could be the the next viable option. Is that something um, that you're pushing towards next for Tiafimo Lopez? You know, it's, you know, you know, we don't, we, we've had uh, Devin, we've worked with Devin for the last couple fights. He's, um, he's obviously a free agent. He can go do what he wants to do. Um, we've had conversations with him um, about other fights, you know, including Shakur Stevenson or rematch with Loma or, or Tiafima Lopez. I can't decide what he's going to do. He has to say that. Mm. We obviously have some sweet fights that we think the public wants to see. Um, if he chooses to do that, we would love to put that on. If he chooses not to do that and he wants to go fight somebody else and um, on other platform, that's his choice. So we believe we have the most compelling matches that the public wants, but I can't control what his decision making is. Um, and finally, Todd, how excited are you with your schedule from the back end of July right through to August? I'm just looking at it now, and obviously uh, you've got interest in, in the fight in Japan with Noye Inoue taking on Stephen Fulton, which is a phenomenal fight. Yep. In the middle of August, you've got Navarrete taking on Valdez, which I know a lot of fight fans... Wait, 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 wait. You, ju you jumped on us. You jumped me. You what? forgot about Sinisa. Sinisa, we've got her on tonight. We've got her on tonight. You have her on tonight. She's on in half I'm going to call her right now and say that you just blew over her. I apologize. That was Adam, not me. Yeah, it was me. It was me. It was me. It was me. But then obviously that hurtles us towards August 19th and Baturbiev Smith, where we've got British interest in that fight as well, which is, again, another cracking fight in the light heavyweight division. Yeah, I think our schedule for... You know, I, the consistency that we're looking at and with our with our partner, you know, obviously it's a sweet spot for us to give big fights on linear television on ESPN because you only really have baseball right now. We don't have the NBA. We don't have hockey. We don't have NFL. Right. That's kind of playing it out. So we, we load it up and we think that July, our July and August schedule is as good as anything you're going to see. And uh, back to back, I mean. You know, the the Smith better be a fight is fantastic. I think in the Navarrete, you know, um, Valdez fight reminds me of Morales Barrera mm. all over mm. again. It's a good it fight. is just so reminiscent of it. It's, I mean, tickets have been just flying off the shelves in Arizona. And then, 
you know, I think Jared Anderson coming right back is what this sport needs is activity, yeah. right? Frequency is a key component to making guys aware, people aware of them and making their skill sets rise. And he did a fantastic rating um, with Martin the other night on ESPN, did over a million views across the board, you know, and we think bringing him right back was a real important thing. And we're going to let him shine again. Now then, get ready for some fireworks because following Todd, the head of Queensbury, Frank Warren, joined us on Saturday night for a conversation about all things that are going on in the heavyweight division. But we got stuck on one subject, and that subject is, of course, Fury and Garnet. First question is about obviously Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou. We'll get to uh, Dubois Nusik in a minute. I want to know, and obviously there's quite a few people that are listening this evening that want to know why the heavyweight champion of the world is fighting someone that's making his professional boxing debut next. Why is he fighting him? Because uh, he's been offered a, 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 a lot of money to go to Saudi Arabia to open up the Riyadh Festival and to, to take place against, uh, to fight somebody who is the best uh, heavyweight of his own sport. And he wants to come in and fight uh, at uh, you know, boxing. He wants to uh, take Tyson on in boxing. So we're going with it. You know, Tyson was there a couple of years ago and fought the WWE guy and fought him. And we're just going to go ahead and do it. And the simple reason is because, excuse me, we made off, we made absolutely, you know, stone solid offers to um, Usyk. And if you look at uh, BT Sport or is it be TNT Sport TNT, when we yeah, come round yeah. table thing yeah. for the fight between um, uh, um, Daniel and um, Usyk, it was brought up why he was at, why he's been out of action for so long. And they confirmed that we had made them offers. They confirmed that they waited and that they they uh, they they accepted it. Then changed their mind, and it went. And I asked him some serious questions, like, you know, why aren't why haven't you been fighting? And he said, well, we've been waiting. You know, we, we're waiting to, for the things to take place in Saudi. They signed with, as you know, with Skill Challenges Challenge over there, and that fight is not happening. They're not fighting now in. December, they're not going to be fighting until February or March next year. So Tyson is going ahead with that. And we, we made two you know, serious offers to them, and they accepted one of them, as I said, and uh, pulled out. So he's out of action. What was the reason that they said that they pulled out for, Frank? Why did they pull out? Well, they pulled out because they were offered this big opportunity to go and fight in Saudi Arabia in December. But they thought they were going to get 70 million. And they now realise that that's not going to happen. And in the meantime, the WBA ordered that he has his mandatory yeah. against that guy, Daniel Dubois. And we also offered, uh, not once, again twice, we've done it last December, and we again offered it this year, uh, sorry, uh, uh, last couple of months, against... Um, uh, Andy eight, Ruiz. Sorry. Anthony Joshua. At six, uh, yeah, Anthony Joshua, 60-40. Yeah. And he didn't take it. He's now fighting Dillian White. And the only reason he's fighting him is because he knows now he's not going to be fighting in Saudi Arabia on in December. But we are in Saudi Arabia because we've done we've we've, we've done this uh, with uh, his Excellency and with uh, uh, Dr. Rekar, Rek and uh, we have now opened the doors up 
to be working with a different group in Saudi Arabia. So it's brilliant. So, uh, so uh, there's no, so, and, and so let me tell you, so, so, you know, the question is, why would he, why is he doing it? As I say, we're not, I'm not shying away from it because the other guys didn't want to fight in the UK. They were waiting for these big paydays that are not going to happen from now. At the moment, there's certainly not this year. And this is a big thing for Tyson. And we're going there and we're saying that there is actually, there are shows, there is a show going on in Saudi. And we're in there and we're doing it. Do, do you think, Frank, that, that there has been a paradigm shift, there has been a change in the landscape because of Saudi Arabian money, and if it hasn't, hadn't been there and they weren't investing in sport in general, we probably would have had these fights either in the UK or in Las Vegas by now? Would have been in the UK because because of Tyson. That's, that's a, a fact of life. They would have taken place. But having said that, there's been a complete change in the landscape of all sport. You're seeing that with football. Yeah. You're seeing that yeah. with... With golf, you're seeing it with all sorts of sports. UFC are there, I think UFC are over there. Um, WWE, so it's 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 happening with it's happening with all sports, and the reason is they're very serious about what they're doing, and we're not going to get left behind, and we're certainly not going to be sitting around, you know, scratching our backsides waiting for people to fight the best heavyweight in the world. They don't want to do it. They have if they wanted to do it, they'd have jumped up the plate, and this 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 stuff that's been put up by Usyk and people have bought into it, it's totally untrue. So watch that round table. You see it in there. As I asked them, I said, at the end of it, you've had offers from us. You've had a couple of offers from us. You accepted one, then you pulled out. Same with Joshua. And I said, if any, I said, we've had no offers from any of you. We've had no offers. Contrary to what Usyk's, uh, Alex Krasik said, we would be getting an offer from Saudi for the fight with Tyson. We haven't had any. And it never came, yeah? That offer never no, came. We never had mm. them. We never mm. had them. Mm. And, it, and it won't happen this year anyways. I mean, they, they've said that themselves. And I said, have we, have we, if anyone can produce those offers, we'll pay a million pounds to charity. <laughs> because there's been nothing. Yeah. There's been nothing. The only offers that have been made have been by us for them to fight Tyson. Why, why did the Anthony Joshua fight not happen last December? Well, because they pulled out. They said they wanted it, and if you go and listen, Adam, you've got to listen. You've got you've got to listen what the other side said. I am doing. I'm listening. I'm listening to you right, and so to them. So, so listen to what was said. Look, listen to Frank Smith, who said at the end of it all, we at the end of the day we didn't take the fight because he wasn't ready for the fight. AJ wasn't ready for the fight. And by the way, you, you know all these so-called sports journalists don't they look any deeper? He never had a trainer. There was no trainer there. So how is he going to fight? They feel is you're giving their opinion, but unfortunately, it's not an informed opinion. But people, but people, for example, look at Tyson's behaviour, right? And we've spoken. Well, we've spoken about it when he goes on social media, and he's making uh, and he's making mythical deadlines for Anthony Joshua to sign a contract by. They weren't mythical deadlines. Again, you're you're you're, you're just listening to the noise. You're not listening. To I'm listening happened. to Tyson. Tyson's on the on there saying you know, you've got to sign this within a day. No, he didn't say that within a day. And I defy you to even show anything to say where he's got to do anything the day. That, that's not the case. What happened was each time I was going back to him and I was saying to him, he said, is this going to happen? And I'd say, yeah. And I said, they told us they'll send back a contract within 48 hours. We never got it in 48 hours. So I'm then saying to him, don't worry, this is going to happen. We're working on it. Then it's a week. Then it's two weeks. And then he said, right, give them a deadline. Because if they're not going to do it, I'm out. That's what was happening. And what the end of the day, as Frank Smith said, they never had any intention of the fight. So those deadlines that he would put in, he was right. 
because he said all along it won't happen. It actually cost me 10 grand because I'd have bet with him because I felt at one stage it was going to happen. So don't blame him for that. He said, he's the world champion. AJ should be coming kissing his backside to get 40% to fight him. What's he doing now? He's fighting, fighting the guy that Tyson Fury absolutely destroyed, absolutely destroyed last year. And everybody's applauding it. Because he's gone he's gone against the wishes of his team, hasn't he? This time around, he's 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 gone out. I think you've got to respect him for taking that fight, Frank. Why do I respect him for beating up fighting for not fighting for the WBC title and fighting a guy that Tyson? I think he absolutely won every second. Frank, he wanted to he wanted to do that fight. Tyson won every second of every round last year, and now you're all saying it's a good fight. Well, if that's a good fight and you think it's a, 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 you've got to take, take step up to him, then he shouldn't be fighting Tyson because he shouldn't be in the ring with Tyson if you're saying that's a good fight. But, for, Tyson but Tyson's fighting a guy making his professional boxing debut. What is the problem with that? It's, it's a massive event. He's the heavyweight champion of the event. world. No, it's not the heavyweight champion. No, he is. He's the heavyweight champion of the world. And he's fighting a guy yeah, making his professional boxing debut. He is the best of his... Best of his he's the best of his... Uh, sorry, someone's shouting at me. He's, he's absolutely the best of his generation. He's the best heavyweight out there. He's the one that draws the money. He's the big... And that's why this fight's going on. And you're saying, why should he do it? Why shouldn't he do it? It's an event. You're, you, you'll be there, won't you? Commentating on it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if t- well, talks about doing it. Will if you? I remember rightly, you were complaining about Mike Tyson last year, Adam, uh, in the fight that he had. He was going to fight Roy Jones, but yeah. you was there. So why? So where was where was your where was your ethics then? No, 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 no. It's not an ethics thing. It's not an ethics thing. What it well, is? Why, why no, it's not an ethics no, thing, Frank. Is. Listen to me. Listen to what I've got to say. No, you listen to me. I tell you why. It's not. You got paid because you got paid for it. It's not an ethics thing. No, no, no. Listen, I've no problem with I've no problem with covering the Francis Ngannou story to this because I'm fascinated by Francis Ngannou. I think his his journey to this story is absolutely sensational. My problem is this, right? Tyson Fury is the heavyweight champion of the world, right? Yep. I want yeah. him to be fighting the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. He has so promised... Why are you th- blaming him? No, no, no. Listen. He has promised this for three years. And the common denominator in... Com- I can't believe you even say that. Has, is, has he not, not said that he not, wants to did fight... You not just, did you not just listen to what I told you, the reasons... Of course I have done, but I'm, I'm, I'm so saying what, that... What am I going to do? Tie him up and take him there for him to fight him? If they won't sign a contract and they don't want to fight him because... They think they're going to go to Saudi Arabia. They think they're going to get paid $70 million for a fight, which is not going to happen in December. What do you expect? What's he got to do? Sit on his backside and wait? And, and no, he could fight a boxer. He could fight a boxer. Who? Who? There's plenty of guys in that top who? 10 of the tell WBC. Who? Who? Who's, tell me who. Who? Well, I know they that... Can't even get their, they can't even get their mandatory situation out because the Yeah, but that's mandatory... the WBC. That's the WBC. That's a totally well, different the conversation. W, he's the WBC champion. Right, then, but you could pick another boxer. Well, let me tell you, the WBA champion, Usyk, has got to fight Daniel Dubois. Right. That's what he's doing, yeah? And then after... And he holds the other two belts. So there isn't anybody else, any other champion to fight. What about Mahmoudov? Who's who's what, what does he rank? Number five. Number five in who? the WBC. Arslan Beck Mahmoudov or Frank Sanchez? They're four oh, and five, Frank. Yeah. I mean, what planet are you on? We're in so, the we're in the business of selling events here. So, Would you? They walk down the street. Would anyone know them? Nobody. You I bet you don't even know what they even look like. Have you ever seen them fight? Frank, the key yeah, is, to, will, will we see no, the undisputed the title is. fight? If you're talking, you, you have been 
on it, I've got to tell you something, Adam, and I'm very disappointed in what in the things you said and the way you've been about this. These fights categorically were made by us. Categorically, if you'd been at a press conference the other day, and you can ask Gareth because he attended it, I pulled him up on it. I said, uh, and I don't know if you just heard what I said. If any, if you people made any offers, where are they? Because we're the only ones who've made offers. And don't tell me about. And the common denominator is they don't want. And the common denominator is, as far as uh, what's his name's concerned, AJ is that he's fighting a guy that Tyson destroyed in six rounds last April. And you're making that it's a good fight. Frank, can, can you good, explain to me how that's a good fight? Frank, can you ask us? Well, we've got to go to break. Can we ask you one? has gone down the pan that so much. That much. When when this fight is over with Fury and Naganu, will we be pursuing the undisputed title for the heavyweight division? Though it depends who holds the belts. Mm, mm. Tyson wants the belts, and we're in a position, and we're making things happen. We're doing something what everybody else was telling us weren't happening, and that was the. Saudi, nothing can take place there till next year. So we're making it happen, and we're with a different different uh, group of people. He's opened up the Riyadh Festival, which is a huge event. It's a, it's a multi, multi-million pound event. He's opened it up. It's a big entertainment festival, and they're on board. If this thing goes as I expect it to go, then they'll be there. And this might actually get, if Usyk is still around, might get him to the table, because they do not want, they will not want to fight him at Wembley. They did not want that fight and there was nowhere else for it to go on. It can't go on in the Ukraine. It was it was either there or it was making the fight in Saudi. And I've just said to you, the group that they signed with cannot deliver a fight over there until next February or March. So just deal with the facts instead of all the noise. The facts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
Told you it was fiery. Right, time to cool down a little bit because Johnny Fisher was in the studio at the weekend talking about his upcoming Southern Area title fight. Yeah, it's a funny old world how it all works out, but um, I've been a massive boxing fan all my life. And, um, yeah, I grew up, they're, they're your role models, watching Anthony Joshua, Dillian White, uh, the way they went at it, and the, the fight subsequent to that as well. Um, it's just a, a bit of a pinch-me moment that I'm going to be fighting on their undercard, but I know I've got a job to do as well. Uh, well, the, the best thing about it, I suppose, from a, from a fight fan's point of view, is that the fight that you're actually having on the undercard is a real significant moment in your own career. Yes. It's a meaningful fight. Yep. Um, we talk about it all the time that maybe some people maybe jump levels and they and they disregard those those titles that are a little bit further down the food chain. I like the fact that we're doing a southern area mm-hmm. title. Something romantic about this, man. This is the pro- this is the proper route. Well, this is you can't go any lower than this title, but that's a good thing in my opinion because it says a lot about myself. I know what sort of development I have to go through, and this won't be easy. Harry Armstrong, the guy I'm fighting, who calls himself the Dirty Harry. Yeah, so um, yeah. it's going to be an interesting matchup, but a big, sturdy, strong guy. And I'm not expecting an easy night's work for, for one second. This will be the hardest night I've had so far. Durable guy. We, we saw him, yeah. um, is it against uh, Jamie TKV that we yeah. that we saw him recently, Gareth, on uh, on one of the cards that we were commentating on? Um, listen, skill set wise, you've got. I think you've got him all day, but he is a durable guy. Very. It's it's going to be one of those tests where the conditioning's got to be right for yep. you. You've got to kind of plan this out. I think it's going to be one of those nights where maybe it's a breakdown night. You've got to, you've got to be clever with your work. Almost certainly. I know I've got the power to end it at any point. Um, I've proved that with some of my knockouts I've got. But um, not only the conditioning side of it, but psychologically I've got to be ready. Yeah, it could go 10 rounds. I don't want it to. I want it to go, go quicker than that. But I've got to be prepared. I speak to Jimmy Tibbs a lot about this. It's not so much, listen, if you told me to do 10 rounds off the bounce in sparring, I'll be able to do it, no problem. Yeah. But it's being able to keep your cool head and not overexert yourself, not try and do too much, not waste too much energy in the build-up and in the actual fight. That's what's going to sustain you through the 10 rounds. As well as that, it's going to be a big week. It, 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 there's, there's so many things that you've got to take into consideration. Like you've just said, you could be in the gym all day and you can you do your 10 rounds, 12 rounds, 15 rounds, no doubt, against yeah. multiple sparring partners that are all nice and fresh. But the week that you've got to do, there's be a lot of media obligations. You're yep. on a fight here where Anthony Joshua's on that card, Dillian White's on that card. There's going to be a lot of microphones, a lot of energy being expelled in other different mm. types it's of places. It's a month from the fight and it's three weeks from fight week, isn't it? Yes. And you've come in here tonight and yeah. I find that interesting. Like you say, Ed, it's a very big week. You can go under the radar. It's not your style. You'll be part of the sideshow. Yeah, and you'll make the most of but it. But it's managing yeah. that is what I'm yeah, trying but, to say. But, no, no, but managing it exactly. And what's yeah. helped me, I think, in my career, I've had a lot of attention probably before I'm not like I deserve it, or it's just become it's, yeah, it's yeah, come on me from the very had beginning. Far too much so, attention. You didn't yeah. deserve it, yeah. So you don't deserve it, yeah. You've come here looking like a skinny <laughs> wretch today, <laughs> on weight, in shape. Yeah. Wasting time when he should be asleep, getting ready for your no. fight. Listen, I'm thankful that he's here. No, I'm kidding. Of course, I'm sure. Listen, but you, as you said what the I mean. last time you came yeah. in, you love this because yeah. this is part of you living the life. And I don't feel the pressure. You love of this. it, don't you? I love this to yeah. be here talking to yeah. Gareth Davis and uh, Adam, Adam Cattrall. Yeah. Um, it's a dream come true to exactly. be in situations. I dreamed about this when I was a teenager watching Anthony Joshua Dillian White. So yeah, yeah. this that, doesn't suck my energy away. That's why it's, I, I enjoy this. Adam's question out of his mouth, and I apologise for that. Was when you go to fight week, it's going to be so thrilling for you because you know the world's watching yeah. a massive Jeopardy heavyweight fight. You'll be sucking it up and learning from it, won't 100%. you? I but, love but, every some, but some people do freeze under that. That's what that, the point that I was going to make. They, yeah. You're in the gym, you're flying. 
but the adrenaline dump that you get, you walk mm. out, there's 20,000 yeah. people in that gaff, you know what mm. I mean? They're all screaming and shouting, and obviously you're a big ticket seller, yeah. so they've all come to see. Listen, yeah. they're expecting Johnny's going to take a Southern Area title. There's, there's pressures oh, yeah. that come along with all those things, and being able to manage it at a young age, like I said, starting at the Southern Area, these are good yeah. little rungs to just be ticking off as you're Definitely. going up the level. Well, massively. I remember when I, when even when I, worked out, when I walked out of the O2 for my first fight in front of the fans, and I sold about 1,500 tickets there, and yeah, involuntarily, you stiffen up. But I've been through that three, four, five times now. You know what done to it, expect. I've done it at Ali Pali. I know it's not 20,000, but I had two and a half, three thousand of my own fans there screaming my name. People expecting this, expecting that. I've been through different tests, and that's no better preparation. I know it's not going to be the same. It's going to be amplified double, triple, quadruple, but I'm in a good position. I've, I've, I've had little tests along the way in terms of dealing with the crowd, dealing with the expectation. I've had it since I started my career, so yeah. it's no different to me. We're, we're going to talk tonight. You're going to stay with us for an hour till till the top of the hour at 10, and we're going to talk about the You've phenomenon. You've for an hour? Oh, yeah. I only promised him half an hour. But yeah, if but it, I, you, no, you, you I, just I, added I, an extra half an hour yeah, onto him. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> well, you see, you've <laughs> got to let says. him live the life. And, yeah. um, and the, 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 the thing is, we're going to talk about the phenomenon that your father's become, Bosch and the Bosch soldiers, yes. the Bosch army, um, and you know, his, his tour at the moment, you're part of it. We're going to talk about, and the reason I mention this, we're going to talk about how you view the heavyweight division at large at the moment as well in another section. But from your perspective... We're talking at the moment about David Adelaide, um, Fabio Wardley, Fabio Wardley mm. the British champion. Um, we're talking about other guys coming through, Moses Atalma. Where do you fit in that equation? How quickly can you go at the moment? You know, you're, you're on these, you're in the wings of these other guys, you're, in, you're under the shadow of Joshua and White. How quickly can you move? You say in terms, where do I fit? I fit yeah. right where I am now. Fighting for a Southern Fair Area enough. title. Forget yeah. everyone else. No, doesn't matter to me. All that matters is I beat Harry Armstrong on the 12th of August. Nothing else mm. is on my mind. Well, Spencer Oliver w w was fascinating, uh, I think it was last week, um, or when Adam was away in, in Las Vegas for the, for, the, for the big UFC fight week, international fight week. We had Alfie Winters on, and yeah. he was saying he was he's fighting for the Southern Area title. Uh, like Welter, isn't he? 140 pound fighter. Yeah. He's a lovely kid, and he's in his eighth fight, I think it is. Mm. You know, under Richard Maynard, um, who promotes him, and he was saying that it means so much to fight for a title. Oh. He's headlining at the York Hall. There's 1,200 people going, Megan. and and he's like, I am. It's like a world title. I'd fight love for me. to fight at your call. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, That's what I wanted to but, try. And I was saying to Eddie, look, can I fight at your call? Set it out. I know it's not that big, but it'd be great. I love your call. I'd love to fight there one day. But we all look at world titles and British titles and European titles and Commonwealth titles and yeah, Olympic yeah. titles. And Spencer was saying, I re remember winning the Southern Area title, and I remember fighting Pat Mullins afterwards. And I remember I fought for Europeans soon afterwards. And Alfie said the same. And, I'm, and I wonder whether you feel like this. Just winning your first mm. belt, for all the, the worries and the psychological questions you have about yourself, just getting that first belt. It's like learning to drive and yeah. getting your driving test. It's like buying the first property. It's like getting married. It's like having kids. It's one of those rites of passage. Well, as you a can fighter. walk out of the sport. Whatever happens, and you can say, I did do something, I won that title. So yeah. whatever happens, that can be under your belt, but you've got to win it first. And that's what these next few, three, four weeks are important for, the preparation. Um, how are you enjoying the gym? Because you've, nice, you've got a nice little setup there. Yeah. There's a, there seems to be a bit of camaraderie, a bit of yes. crack that's going on in there as well, but there's a lot of hard workers. Definitely. 
uh, in um, there as well. One of your teammates fighting tonight, El Brook, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, El, um, she's she fighting. Won, I, she won? I'm not sure. I've, I've yeah. not caught up with it in a that minute. That girl's like fine. nine inches taller than me. I know. She's only five, El's not the tallest herself. She's five no. foot one, five foot two. No. And that girl's only five foot five, five foot six. But you talk about the camaraderie in the gym, it's great. Um, this week has been phenomenal. I've been with Jimmy Tibbs all week because right. everyone's been over in Dublin, but... Mark's to, over to there, fall back yeah. on yeah, yeah to fall back on someone like Jimmy Tibbs who's like you're not falling back on anyone it's, it's, he's, it's the, he's, the, he's the OG that, he's, that's yeah. the real knowledge that's he's what it's he's what the is that? and when he speaks you listen and there's, tell you, us a few of his wisdoms he just says one of the things he says he always talks about the mountain when you're training you can climb up to the mountain and it's better when you get to the fight just be a little bit underneath the mountain rather than come over the top of the mountain because if you go over the top of the mountain you're going to roll all the way down you're going to be overcooked he's got a big emphasis on not overcooking yourself Listen, I train really hard in the gym. I'll you look in shape. You, you look different than the last time you came in. I yeah. give, I give intensity every time I train. So it's good that Jimmy, Jimmy's there and Mark's there. In the, especially in the early days, I'm trying. Oh, I've got, I've got, to, I've got to flog myself. I've got to do yeah. it so hard all the time. But he, them two have been brilliant. At, Making me realise there's there's an art to the training camp as well. Is it hard for you to switch off? Because you're so like right. Yeah. I've got to um, give it 100% every time Mark, I'm there. Mark says that itself. That's why I, I tried really hard at school as well and everything I do, I've always tried really hard. And that's done, that stood me in good stead because it's made me work extremely hard. But there's also uh, a benefit in switching off and relaxing a tiny bit, which I'm learning to do a little bit more now. But um, I'd rather be the way I am than be the of opposite. Of course. That, that I'm, I'm in a better position because all I've got to do is taper it down a little bit. So I know I'm a hard worker and it won't be through lack of hard work and effort that I won't get where I need to be. So so recently when you were obviously on a sun lounger enjoying yourself uh, taking in yes. the uh, Magaluf race. Yes, Magaluf. After, the, after the last fight. Lovely. Okay. So, was it Magaluf? So, Magaluf, it was yeah. it. Yeah, it was. And listen, Magaluf, you think Magaluf, oh, it's, 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 it's a bit rowdy. Yeah, but where we were staying was nice lovely. Relax. Just, there's a place called Porta Portals just down the, down the coast. It's lovely, all yachts and things like Beautiful. that. Beautiful. So it was very, very nice. But could you switch off? Yeah. Because that's oh, that's what I'm learning. After a fight, a yeah. week, two weeks. So no runs. You didn't go for a run. I did. I was still doing sprints <laughs> on the beach. I've done a few sprint <laughs> sessions on the beach. Don't know if you saw that, but um, I think that's good because I've had a couple of weeks off. But it's the mental rest. I always love training. I yeah. always do a bit. I'm doing a bit of weights. I was still doing a bit of okay. running on the treadmill. But two weeks mental rest. Don't think about anything. That's just right. chill. But I've still got a little bit of training under in in the bank from even then. So I'm in a good position. I feel fit. Some of the, the interviews with Johnny tonight will go out on our YouTube channel. Um, you can't see him right now if you're listening. Describe yourself. Unit. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Huge barn door. But you, you describe yourself. What are you weighing at the moment? How big are you? How hard is your punch? What did you do on the punch machine at Talk Sports tonight? I believe you broke the record. Yeah, I said I wasn't going to do it. Bigger than Joe Joyce. Yeah, Longer well, than Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce um Yeah, I walked in and I thought, I'm not going to do the punch machine, but... I saw it and I got nine six five and I thought nine six five. I think it, yeah. top of the leaderboard there. Yeah, yeah. I've topped it, but that um, doesn't mean anything. What are you six foot five? Six foot four, six foot five, around that about one hundred and ten kilos, one hundred and eleven kilos. At What's the that in stone? Seventeen three, seventeen four. And you're on weight at the moment because yep. I've, I've seen you at eighteen. I've seen you at eighteen when you're when we're having those big Chinese yeah, with yeah. your dad. I, I, once after my flight in October, um, I ballooned up a little bit. I had a little bit extra time off because um, just the way it worked with the fight schedules. I ended up not fighting until after Christmas, and I came back like in between Christmas and New Year, and I could feel the love handles around me, but. 
since uh, sort of January time, I've been solid training. January, I fought in March and I fought in June and I've had a week or two off after each fight, but the consistency of each camp has really laid on this time and the sparring rounds have been more numerous as well. So When I'm, you play rugby, corner. Johnny, yes. I, I thought of a new name for you tonight as well, okay. Johnny the King Fisher. The King Which, Fisher. Yeah, you nice. know, I mean, nice. you know, I know That's you're nice the Romford Bull, but um, when, you, when you played other sports, you were a formidable rugby player, of course. Mm. Um, I know we've got to go to break. Um, when you played rugby, what did you weigh in then? Uh, lighter than I, I'm, uh, oh, really? I am now because oh, obviously really? I'm growing I'm, I'm 24 when I was playing rugby I was 19, 20, 21 yeah. so you're still maturing and when you get to that university and uh, you're 18, 19 not really done the weight programs them boys have done and you've got the 22, 23 year olds you're looking at them and you think cool I've got to get a bit bigger to uh, just for the weight advantage so yeah you, you get in that environment and you, you start knuckling down a little bit more drinking them pints of milk <laughs> yeah. 965 on that machine eh? he's given okay. us uh, he's given us a bit of an eye in there <laughs> Can't be careful, that right hand was a little low. And Salah threw that left hook. Oh, and Salah goes down with a minute to go in the opening round. Bearing your winner by TKO, he's still undefeated. Johnny, the Robert Bullfisher. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. Guy there, Davies, is alongside me. Uh, and a man fighting for a Southern Area title in a few weeks' time is in the studio with us. It is Johnny Fisher. Um, listen, we're going to talk heavyweight division. We're going to talk about it on a domestic scale, on the on the worldwide scale. We'll obviously get your opinion on what Tyson Fury's doing with Francis Ngannou. Uh, I know that you've been over to uh, the PI, the UFC PI, so I know yep. you've got opinions on everything that's going on over yep. there, so we'll get stuck into all that. But first and foremost, I've got to talk about your dad, mate, right? Big John. Because he is becoming a TikTok superstar at the yeah. moment, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's taking things to the next level. Is it? Is, is he at a, a rugby club this evening doing a speech? What, what's he up tonight? To this he's actually got a rare night off, but he's um, he's been in Zanti. He's been Magaluf. He's going back over to Zanti and Magaluf. Right. So for, for people that don't know, what is he doing in these places? What's he up to? No, describe your dad as well, because people don't even know. Like, he's, okay. a, he's a cheese dealer. All, that's yeah, all I'll yeah. say. So what we've done for years, my granddad done it before, and we had a cheese a cheese wholesalers basically, and we wholesale right. pallets of cheese. Yep. That's the mundane job. I've done it with him through lockdown, and we were selling meat on the van when we couldn't sell cheese to the restaurants, and that's that's what. He's, he's been a grafter his whole life and he's still grafting now it's just it's a little bit of an easier way of doing it and he's travelling up and down the country every night he'll be in Swansea one night he'll be in it's now global he's going Magaluf he's going Zanti he's in Vegas for. Uh, he's invited over there to trial the restaurants at um, the hotel the Plaza the Plaza Hotel they've got a deal with them haven't yeah, yeah, I he's noticed got a great that, deal. yeah but um, yeah he's, he's sort of captivated a whole audience that it's just come out of nowhere but I think it's because he's just a genuine bloke people can see that he's, a, he's just a genuine bloke so people buy into it it's not he hasn't got a special talent he doesn't do anything spectacular but he loves the Chinese people get on board with that and um, he's been throwing prawn crackers out at nightclubs but, but, but as Adam said he goes to nightclubs and throws prawn crackers out yeah, at nightclubs dips them into people's mouths sometimes a cheeseburger he's got another catchphrase who wants a effing burger right, and okay. uh, it just just his catchphrases you know what TikTok's like little things can take off And uh, so is he still job. doing the cheese company yeah he's still got that about once or twice a week he's trying to wind that down and move into different areas but um, he's got customers and people he's loyal to there as well so he's not the sort of man just to shut it all up he's still got a he owes a bit to these people in terms of working with them and giving but them business it's, it's fascinating that you and he have what most people who study biology will know this term symbiotic 
relationship that you and have a symbiotic chemistry that well, it's like he, Anton Deck, mate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. He augments your career as a yeah. boxer, and you augment his career yeah. as a father. And what he's become, I think, is a viral media personality. Yeah. He's a giant man. He's probably what's he twenty five stone? You did. Yeah, More he's a big, yeah. big... I mean, he and I are a similar age, and I, and I spoke to him about weight. He's going yeah. on a weight loss at the he moment, is. isn't he getting he fitter. He won't be the same John, no. but, Listen, but he'll be a healthier John. He's got to be healthier. It's not a case of losing half your weight. He's just got to take a few stone off. He knows that, but it's so difficult when people keep asking you out and paying you to have Chinese yeah, with them. But, but, the, but, the, but <laughs> yeah. the thing is, what he's got, and this is what I've noticed about your dad, and I've had the privilege. I came round with Spencer Oliver one night, yeah. and we had the Chinese meal. It was fantastic. Yeah. I drank loads of you, you, you went round to Johnny's house to have yeah, Chinese with, with his mum and his dad and Hetty his sister yeah. and Henry and Joel, William. Uh, William sorry yeah. who, who were, Henry and William were as big as him as well William's bigger than me Hetty, yeah. Hetty's 16 and a sportswoman 15, as well yeah she's just 15 yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've got two massive dogs four four, it's four. I only saw <laughs> yeah. two of them anyway yeah. but mum and dad Charlotte and John are gorgeous people that their, their house is open Thank plan you. we had a fantastic meal we talked some really serious stuff about yeah. fight sports I took a stick out and attacked Big John yeah. with it trying to get his chicken skit, balls trying yeah. to get his chicken balls we had a, we had so much fun it brilliant it, it no, sounds no, madness no, but we all went off to the Chinese brilliant. together around the corner the yeah. blue lotus the or? blue orchid the blue orchid yeah. the best they, Chinese they, in the world by the way and, and this is what I it, it is fantastic. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the, the ninja master in there? Uh, Ray, Stingray. Ray. Stingray. Well, Stingray. There's all these my characters. Dad's, my dad's been going it's, to the block with my mum since I was 15, it's, 16 it's years so old. Funny. And Ray's still there. And then his, uh, his sons, Richard, or Ruthless Richard and Dangerous Daniel, they're both there as well. <laughs> and it hasn't Ruthless changed. Richard and, and Dangerous, Dangerous Daniel. Daniel. Don't get on the wrong side of them, man. Here's my take on, on this having... This is a soap opera, isn't it? On, <laughs> no, but it yeah. is. But it, my take on going there and then watching John, Big John's uh, kind of Instagram afterwards and why he is viral is because... They're, they're, they're true to who they are. Um, they are part of the Romford Massif. Yeah. And, and like they live in the heart of Romford. It's a, and, 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 and when people invite you into their home, I take that very seriously. I brought them up gadgets from China yeah. with me, didn't yeah, I, and all those things. We had an amazing talk culturally yeah. and about life. And I walked away, and, and I watch John's Instagram now. A lot of people give John, like they do to other people who are a figure in the media, what's your thing? They give him abuse. Yeah. The way he treats people is phenomenal, and he turns haters into fans because he doesn't have a bad side to him, Big John, no. and he is going to get bigger and bigger. He, he he also cares about people. He does. He puts messages out all day long. In fact, sometimes he's spamming your timeline. He, on, he, does, he does it talking too much. About He'll GCSEs. put about ten Instagram posts. Hetty on the day. was doing a GCSE. Your sister yeah. was doing a GCSE yeah. mocks. Yeah, he's on. It's that's in his head. So he's doing GCSE mocks. He's got stuff, no filter Talking to the kids to yeah. about don't worry now he's he's got a lot of wisdom yeah, and he, he shares it and he's so cool with it and i get it i get why people young and old they, really they can like him they can resonate with him they, because absolutely. i think they see the it's, it's a really weird phenomenon you don't like talking it, about your own dad but he's just a genuine he's a genuine bloke and people can resonate with that and as you said coming back to what you said about augmenting and helping each other with our own careers my dad started doing this he wasn't on a tiktok sensation yeah. he was selling my tickets that's what he was doing pen and paper 2500 tickets all by hand people come into our house picking them up and that's how it all started mm, and it, without mm. him no one else could do that for me so I'm, I'm grateful because I've got to do something Chael Sonnen have you heard of Chael Sonnen 
the, 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 the former UFC, was he a champion I've in the UFC? Yes. He was. Fought Anderson Silva, fought John Jones. No, he fell, fell short of being a champion Just in the UFC. Short. Fought yeah. Michael Bisping, all yeah. these yeah. guys. Um, middleweight and light heavyweight. Yeah. Chael has an issue with your dad, and he's always hammering oh, on. He? Who's this guy getting big? <laughs> I'm going to get Chael to meet up with your dad, because that is an explosive conversation. Because well, Chael's got a lot to say. Well, speaking yeah. about American interest, Ariel Hawani's been on. Yeah, yeah. 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 He has Ariel thinks your dad's fantastic. Yeah. Listen, my dad, we're all the same. If people don't like what they see, it's fine. Don't worry. You don't, you don't have to watch. Um, people are allowed to have other opinions, uh, but we're always going to be ourselves. And if you can buy into that, that's that's brilliant. If you don't like it, that's fair enough. We've got nothing. We've got no uh, vendetta or anything against anyone. So he boxed a little bit when he was younger as well. I remember talking. Yeah, to he him did. About he boxed it. at the Lion ABC. Boxed yeah. at the Repton. Um, yeah. He fought Barry Smith actually. Yeah, um, that about big yeah. Barry Smith who yeah. works with Ben Davison. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, they're yeah. both over twenty stone now. Yeah, so, well, um... it could be a good fight <laughs> matchup. That one. I don't know how long my dad could last. Maybe thirty <laughs> seconds. But, yeah. Barry can still box. He can. He can. I yeah. don't know if Big John still can, but um, <laughs> no. Uh, he's, he, he was a sportsman. He played for Leighton Orient too. He was eighteen years there you old. Go. Um, done everything. Won the London Cup with uh, Essex, uh, with uh, Havering District. So he's been a footballer. He's been a boxer. So he's he's got that sporting background as well. It's fascinating, isn't it? What's he doing in Vegas? Uh, he was so basically a, a guy called Jonathan Jossel got in contact with him, the Plaza Hotel, where they filmed Casino. You know the film yeah, Casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They filmed there and said, "Big John, we've seen your sons over here training. We'd love to get you over here. We're all massive boss soldiers over here." And um, <laughs> he just went and tried their <laughs> Oscar's, Oscar's Steakhouse. Oscar Goodman was a, a mob boss attorney. That's right. Um, and he he went and met him and went went uh, all around all their different restaurants, trying all their foods, trying out their swimming pools. So uh, yeah, and He's now we've made a code. great connection over there. And if, on John's Instagram now you can even use a code to get a reduction yeah. for the hotel room I know it's amazing he's but got that kind of deal talking with about the connections we've made for some reason we've never been there in our life but if you look on our Instagram uh, statistics our insights our second biggest following after London is in Sydney Melbourne Adelaide. I get that though I we've get that we've never been to Australia I can imagine the Aussies appealing I was in Croatia on a, I, was, I was in Croatia after my last fight having a couple of nights off and um, <laughs> I was on a boat and people were just around me saying bosh bosh <laughs> we're the Aussie boss soldier regiment Come on, let's get a picture. Like, it's crazy. We've never been there before, but yeah, mm. I can see why we, he oh, could yeah. be a good Aussie geezer, big John. Totally, so, totally. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. Now, as you heard in the conversation that we had with Frank Warren, there is another uh, couple of heavyweights going at it domestically. Anthony Joshua taking on Dillian White. Whilst Johnny Fisher was in the studio, we thought we'd get his thought process of the fight that he's going to be headlining his Southern Area title fight. <laughs> People obviously think back to the, the first fight in 2015, a good domestic rivalry for the British title. Now, down the road, people are hoping they can sort of reinvigorate something like that again. And, um, yeah, they're both at sort of stages of their career. Whoever wins this, it puts them right back up there in a sense. That Yeah, they've beat another big name and they're in that mix with the top guys as Deontay Wilder, Usyk and Fury. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great matchup. But we've got to... Well, we do. We talked earlier about this. You have to admire Anthony Joshua. Yeah. The, the jeopardy he's taking on here, the risk of losing... We talked about money in the last section. Mm. He's actually... And he has got silk pyjamas at the end of the yeah. day. and But he's training in prison in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Not literally. Um, <laughs> but... No, it's a very harsh training camp he's got yeah. there. We saw him last Monday. He needs, we've always said that he needed that, though. Absolutely like, Come, come away from it. your creature comforts. Exactly. Get out there. Go and do your thing. But he's risking a $60 million fight. According to Eddie Hearn, his promoter, your, and your promoter, risking a $60 million fight if he loses to Dillian White. You've got to admire that, haven't you? 
Yeah. I admire Athletically. Anthony Joshua in all in all aspects of it. He's the one who sort of lit the path for the last ten years. He's yeah. brought he's brought boxing to the masses. I remember I was at university, and everyone st- the first year, no one was really interested in boxing, and then Joshua starts fighting these guys, knocking Povetkin out, knocking. Uh, uh, beating Joe Parker, yeah, Klitschko uh, in 2017. He's, he's, he's revolutionised boxing, and we hopefully we can see him back at the top of what he, what he of his game yeah. because he he's been revolutionary for British do, boxing. Do you know what that tells me? Because we've just been having a massive discussion about um, getting paired in, yeah. in the heavyweight division. That tells me that Anthony Joshua is not bothered about the 60 million. Don't get yeah, me wrong. In a way, in a way, in a way, I agree. He wants to fight. I, I agree. His the thing is, this is. Is Timar? I think he's Timar. I don't think he is. Yeah, exactly. Because they're all in the gravy train. Everyone is a part of that. A of part course. of that business. He's a massive business, and he is the business. If he truly believes in himself, which he says he does, this was the perfect fight for him. I know he's beaten White before, but it's still a very tough out, fight yeah. for him. They were different stages, but you know, seven I'll, years ago. I also think. It, there is still good money to be made in this fight, especially as we Completely just said agrees. about the pay-per-views. It's oh, at the O2, it's it's at the O2 Arena, so there's only going to be 20,000 people in there. And the amount of uh, contact I've had with people wanting tickets for this it's who aren't going to be able yeah, to go. Exactly. So that, for my end, there's 4,000, 5,000 people there who are going to buy pay-per-views. If that's a, if that's a little uh, test for the, for the rest of the population, the pay-per-view on this could be massive. Yeah, I agree. And, and and weirdly, I thought we were going to get venom from them on Monday, but at the end of the day, they're they're both proper prize fighters now, yeah. older and wiser. They've knocked lumps out. Yeah, of each I could other. see that. I could sense Seven, that in the yeah. uh, press conference. That's yeah. what you just D- said. D- Dillian, Dillian, obviously, Dillian had a go at Eddie Hearn. Yeah, he know, did. You know, get your tongue off, you know, <laughs> off your your fighters, yeah. whatevers. Yeah. You know, because you're 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 up him, you're not up me, and and I like it. Yeah. I like it from Dillian. Um, and and I give him a good chance in this fight as well if he can draw Joshua into a toe to toe war. Yeah, it's a, I I see that it is a lot closer. The first fight when they got together, I thought Joshua's on a tear; he's going to go through him, and he ended up doing so. But Dillian asked him some questions. I think this is a lot closer, you know, because we don't know where either of the guys at. Yeah, really, right. if we're really honest, we don't know where they're at. They've just had a. Jermaine Franklin yardstick, I suppose. Where, oh, they, where were, they were both quite similar in yeah, that fight. That they both squeaked. Through, I thought Joshua yeah. was better in, in his yeah. in his Jermaine Franklin than uh, Dillian White was in his Jermaine yeah. Franklin yeah, I fight. Agree. This but, is it's an interesting knock. But neither set the world on fire. No, they didn't fight. No. So it does neither could a little bit him. to question. Neither yeah. could finish him. So what what we've got to ask you before you go tonight? We, what about Usyk and Dubois, Alexander Usyk and Daniel Dubois? A lot of people know that Usyk is a brilliant fighter. He's got a great resonance in the UK. Daniel Dubois. We, we, we both said earlier, Adam and I, that it's a great opportunity yeah, for him. Massive. Even if he learns a lot from this occasion. Yeah. You were very impressed with him this week, Ad, weren't you? I, th- I thought he's he's coming on with media. He's not 100% there yet, don't yeah. get me wrong, but I just feel that there's a... He's growing into the spotlight a little bit more. He's yeah. still a young boy, but he, you can feel that he's growing into it. Yeah. Can you do it, Johnny? I've seen Joshua talking about this and he said, yes, of course he can. He's And I've sparred Daniel Dubois a lot of oh, time. Oh, have you? Okay. He can seriously, seriously whack. His jab hits your face. It's like most heavyweights right hand. So, <laughs> listen, if jo- if Usyk gets hit by it, it's, it's a big if if he does get caught flushed by Usyk, but at some point he probably will. And if he can take that power from Dubois, who knows? Who knows? But you would, obviously, I see Usyk as a heavy favourite, but yeah. there's always a chance. Then, we, cliche, but then we can is. complain as boxing fans. I still think we'll see Usyk and Fury, even if that happens at some yeah. point. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> um, what's the uh, What's the rest of the weekend? Is it a rest weekend? Are you yeah. back in the gym? What's the What's the situation? Tomorrow I've got 
Uh, nothing on. I can just relax, chill out, uh, no training. And then a bit of sparring Wednesday and Friday with my uh, managerial stable mate, Sol Dakers, um, oh, who's great. an English champion. Solomon Dakers, how's yeah. he coming on? Yeah, very good, very good. I don't see him often, but um, he's obviously English champion yeah. uh, right now. A great guy, comes down and does a bit of work for me every now and then. So it's great to have his experience, obviously coming off the Team GB squad as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've got a bit of sparring next week. I've had a great week with Jimmy Tibbs and the Cavalry are coming back from Dublin. Um, Mark <laughs> Tibbs, Sonny Cannon. We're going to be in a good place for the final few weeks of camp, last bit of sparring. Coming up at the start of August, in the world of boxing, yes, you are hearing me right, Nate Diaz from the world of MMA is taking on Jake Paul from the world of Disney and YouTube and stuff like that. Yep, they're doing it in a boxing match and there's a lot of eyes going to be on this particular fight. Gareth caught up with the Stockton bad boy pre-fight. What makes you want to do a boxing match as well, and particularly against this young upstart, Jake Paul? Uh, that's the thing. He's a, he's the biggest, biggest, uh, biggest thing doing the, doing the biggest events. A lot of people think he get a. A lot of people would probably think he's a champion at one seventy. Leon Edwards, right, and uh, eighty five Sonia. Uh A lot more people in this in this world think that Jake Paul would win my ass. Then they think those guys will want my ass, and uh, I'm gonna have to show show the difference. Is that why you've been training with the likes of Andre Ward for this, and you are taking him seriously? I didn't train with Andre Ward for this. I trained for Andre Ward years ago uh, for his fights, and uh, I, I take every fight serious. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not until the end of time. I don't think I'm ever gonna around when it comes to fighting anybody. Do you have to respect him in the ring because he's shown huge cojones so far, Jake? Of course, of course. He's bigger. He's got more fights. I mean, he's knocked out three ex-champions. and But uh, he's dangerous, and and uh, it'd be stupid to, to not take any fight serious. And like I said before... Uh, even if they're even if they're worse, they you should even more so not take them lightly because they got less to lose. A lot of people have said that um, he didn't buy opponents, but that he's um, he's not paying opponents to to fall down, but that things are stacked in his favor. Are you going to prove that's wrong? And you're going to take uh, maybe take his soul in there if you like. Um, you know, he tried a boxer in Tommy Fury and he, he lost out in that one. Are you going to take his soul in there? You prepared? Well, I was talking about too. Like Tommy Fury was a hard guy for him, for him to fight because there's not a lot of, um, there's not a big, big, big win out of being Tommy Fury, you know? So it's like, it was all, and it was all, it was all, everybody got Fury in the ass whoop. So that was, a, that was a hard fight with Tommy Fury, I believe. Are you a fan of MMA and boxing crossing over? I'd beat Tyson his ass in 30 seconds in under two minutes in a real fight. So uh, if we're going to do some crossovers, there should be real crossovers into the real fight game. And may, well, it's like UFC won all over again, you know? It's like, I think that a lot of boxers need to watch it, watch their mouths when it comes to, because um, I got respect and boxing is great, but, uh, and uh, I want, I would love to compete in boxing, but, when guys like Paul talk about um, start calling names and want to get into arguments and talk real shit, like, I'll end you just like I did your brother out in New Orleans. So just be nice and play this competitive sport that you're trying to play. 
So there you have it. Told you it were action-packed. A bit of fire in there, but also a lot of things to be looking forward to as well with some sensational fights happening over the summer periods. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the TalkSport Boxing YouTube channel and to this particular podcast. You can get it. Uh, loads of links on the TalkSport website. Go and get stuck into it. And there's lots of fights to come over the summer periods, which we're going to be covering live on Fight Night. We'll catch you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.